The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome everyone to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters. I am your host, the Mexican. And we have a quite a show for you guys today. Um, we, in light of the recent happenings and amazement of Mexi's boat racing abilities... To the point where the student has surpassed the master. Yes, Bigfooty, I believe I did outchug you last time at the bar. Um, we are going to commemorate with the best drunk Mexi stories on this episode. And um, I didn't quite remember most of them. To be quite honest, a lot of these happened ages ago. The last, I'd say, well, actually, to be quite honest, up until if we, up until I joined the Jackaroos, uh, I really had no that many crazy uh, drunken events that had happened in the last two, three years. Um, I believe... Before that, everything that was kind of cray-cray and uh, drunk mix, you know, appearances happened, you know, in college, after that, uh, during my soccer playing days. And I think since 2012, I, when I started running, I decreased the amount of incidences that occurred with drunk max. Uh, and I became quite a lightweight. So, I mean, my tolerance is a lot worse than what it was back when I was in school at OSU. So, and then of course, if you if you're drunk and you black out, you know, you forget most of your stories. And I asked the audience, I asked fellow listeners, friends, coworkers, anybody that knows me, to hit me up with some some of their best memories um, of drunk Mex or any any Mexi story that you can remember involving alcohol. Now, the first ones that came to came to light were my beer pong stories, and obviously, you know, 
my beer pong events and tournaments and tournament victories and everything of that nature. Um, and I had a hard time kind of remembering. I, I okay. So let me. Most people don't know this, but you know, if you follow me on Facebook, if you were there for most of these events, you would know. Mexi's got 14 beer pong titles, and we used to go all out. We used to, you know, host the tournaments, go to tournaments, go to different school to play people, play tournaments, um, and um, trophies were won. I still have quite a few of them in my trophy room at home. So basically, I was the Kobe Bryant of beer pong. Clutch Kobe. Well, that's kind of a not so accurate analogy, especially now that Kobe's retired and he only had five titles. I got to 14 with different partners. And okay, let's put it to you this way I always say that I don't understand why the Golden State Warriors don't let Curry take the last game winning shot because he could go. 0 for 50 all night. I would still trust him with the game-winning shot from anywhere on the court. That was basically me at beer pong. I would be clutch. And if I was struggling, if I was having a hard time, you could still trust me to hit a rebuttal shot or the last cup. Um, My beer pong days kind of started... I believe towards the end of my freshman year, uh, Dirty Joe, as he was called, was my uh, my first uh, one of my first uh, doormates and roll tower. Then we got kicked out. Actually, that's you know let's start with that story. Um, so, Moral Tower has quads. And um, I believe Joe was a freshman in the freshman uh, room of the 10, well, quads. I don't, call, I don't know why I called them quads. They were more like suites, like 10 people suites. Um, but there was a room of four for, that were mainly reserved for freshmen. And then, and then three rooms of two or two rooms of two and one room of one depending on, on the scenario. Um, so I believe I was in a room with some guy named Chris uh, who worked downstairs as a office assistant down at the reception of Mole Tower. Um, and I was placed there because it was technically my second quarter, even though I was still technically a freshman. Um, Joe was in the quad and I can't really remember who the other people were. I know there was a mic in there somewhere. Um, but anyways, uh, we were good friends with Hannah and her suite of girls that were like two doors down. And we'd always go out and party it up. Of course, Joe would get us all wasted. Uh, his friend Gail... 
would come to town. I believe at the time he was in South Carolina and he would visit every once in the blue moon and we'd all go for, you know, go to frat parties and stuff. So after a few months, one time we came back and decided to recreate Fight Club um, in in the dorm. So we were watching Fight Club. I believe we were drunk. Uh, me and Joe started beating at each other. Not serious. We weren't angry at each other. We just started fighting. And um, I believe it spilled into the, the bathroom and the common area. And um, my head hit the door. And I was out, but then I got back up, and in the foyer, the center where all the rooms would meet, I believe that's when um, the whole, like, the whole Mexi, are you not entertained moment uh, kind of happened. Um, and, but yeah, no, no big deal. We all passed out, woke up hungover. But I believe, I'm pretty sure it was my dormant Chris that basically ratted us out to the RA or maybe I, I forget how he knew exactly I want to say it was a combination of Chris ratting us out and also I believe I peed on his door or stole something from his door and put it in the trash I can't remember or possibly one of the two or both it doesn't really matter but the point is um there was a rule that says no fighting in the dorm. So even though we were fighting for shits and giggles and nobody basically, you know, was badly hurt. And then we all, like all, you know, everybody else in in the suite was basically on board with the fact that we were just fucking messing around. But the rules are rules. So I got sent to North Campus and Joe got relocated to South Campus. But we would still hang out. And um, that's, you know, I would always go to South Campus because North Campus, a bunch of, uh, you know, nerds that just kept studying all the time. And they put me in, a, in the dorm with some guy. I forget what his real name was. I want to say Matt, but I'm not 100% sure. But I kept calling him Fat Bastard because he was huge. And But the plus side was he would always leave for the weekend to go home. I believe he was from Circleville, somewhere around there. And he would go home and leave like Thursday night because he didn't have class Friday because I believe he was a business major and I believe they didn't have Friday classes. So he would leave like Thursday night and not come back to like Sunday night. So I would have the entire room, the two-person room, which on North Campus they were tinier than in Moral Tower, to myself, basically. So, but then even so, the party scene was always towards, you know, on South Campus, all the freshmen. And I would go down there and hang out with Joe and get drunk. Um, I know I know, we were talking about my beer pong stories, but this kind of ties into that. But we're also talking about Drunk Mexi stories. So this was the first ever Drunk Mexi story. You know, the fighting. The fight club fighting. Anyways, I hung out at South Campus so much that people thought I lived there. Like at one point, I, I believe the Buck ID doesn't. If you not, if you don't live in the dorms, it doesn't swipe you in after a certain time. I believe ten 
maybe 11 o'clock. And I was handing over to Joe's and it wasn't swimming me in. Obviously, I don't live on South Campus. But they let me in. It's like, oh, yeah, he, he lives here. And then some dude that actually lived there, they did not let him in because, you know, his idea wasn't working for some reason. I'm like, all right, whatever. So um, that's when I met Horns and Smalls, uh, who were friends with Joe. And uh, we'd go to the, the parties and play beer pong. Or maybe that was... Um, I believe that was later. But anyways... Oh! I almost forgot. Yes. We'll get to the beer pong thing. Let's 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 sidetrack. Let's go chrono- chron- chronologically here. So... Other drunk stories from back then... Uh, you know... We'd, uh, we'd always party on South Campus. I believe, um, you know, he, uh, Joe had friends on the 11th floor, uh, Pete and those guys, and we hang out with them, go to the frat parties. Um, and then I forget how we had, we ran into these people, uh, two girls and two guys, and there's a picture of me from back in the day with them, and it's such an old picture. Like it's actual, like an actual photograph. Um, it was the night I came up with my move salsa dancing. We were in Joe's. We ran into them. I forget how in the hallway, and uh, they had a bottle of liquor, and then we brought them back to Joe's dorm and just started drinking and partying. And uh, I believe the girl was uh, her name was Sarah. Uh, I do remember that uh, she was a theater major. We. Um, we're drinking and then we started dancing the salsa. Joe would always talk me up. And any, everywhere we went, Joe would always say, Hey, this is my friend, the Mexican. Um, he speaks six languages. And, you know, I would, I, it got to the point where I would always tell people after he would introduce me, just say, To answer the next few questions, yes and yes. What do you mean? Well, you were about to ask me, Am I really from Mexico? The answer is yes. And yes, I know I look white. And third, yes, actually. And not to think about it, yes, I do speak six languages. So, um, but, uh, we got salsa dancing and I, I was drunk as fuck and I can't, that's the one of only two times ever that I remember coming up with my, like actually pulling off my salsa move. It's this thing where you twirl the girl and her back is facing you. You drop her down and catch her on her heel. And then the, there's variations of the move where you could just pull her back up and keep going. Mine is just from that point on, you switch to one hand, hold her up, and she kind of has to do a backwards plank, leap over her with both legs, and then pull her up with the other hand. So there's like a brief moment where you let her go as you grab her with the left and pull her back up. It doesn't always work, and it's got to work with the right girl. The girl has to be petite. The girl cannot be tall, and you have to have the arm strength to pull her back up. So she's got to be ideally petite. And Sarah was the first one that I did that with. But then I believe that was also the night I blacked out for the first time and walked back to North Campus. And when I came back to, I was in the hallway. I couldn't remember where I was. And I passed out and woke up like hours later, middle of Sunday afternoon. And it turns out I had thrown up all over my dorm. But since Fat Bastard wasn't there, and obviously I didn't throw up on my shit, I basically threw up all over his stuff and his bed. 
I remember looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's going to get here in three hours. So I literally had to rush to do laundry and clean his shit and wipe everything down before he got there. He never knew that I threw up all over the place. Another drunk Mike story. So anyways, I believe... Okay, so fast forward a few a few months. Horms and Smalls, I believe I met him. We were playing beer pong. Uh, they're the ones that taught me everything I know about beer pong. But then the following year, uh, you know, me and Joe wanted to be roommates, uh, dorm mates, whatever. So we went back, to, we moved back to Moral Tower. Um, Kuwaiti was with us, Hong Kong Steve, and that's when we met Kato. Now, I've mentioned a few drunk stories of the, uh, you know, from back then before. Um, and, uh, of how I met Kato, you know, the Kato stories. This is where the whole Jenny come, Jenny uh, stories come into play. Uh, but I believe Kato did meet Hordens and, and Small Smalls uh, when they would come up, and um, they basically taught me what I know about beer pong. Um, the first time I ever lost a beer pong game, being up six cups to one. Uh, was against these two Orange and Smalls Like we literally were up And they kept hitting rebuttal after rebuttal And ended up beating us And we would just not clutch um, And that's You know They're the ones that taught me How to shoot When it's okay to re-rack You can't panic And all that fun stuff um, I believe Frenchie as we were calling him, my, my good friend Roma, uh, he came to visit one year, um, and uh, he met him. Now that year, my sophomore year, we—that's when we ran the heat suite. Um, we would have our, our alcohol. I would have my alcohol selling ventures. Uh, we would call it Jackson. There'd be code. Uh, that'd be code for you know who wants to buy shit. And even though we we literally our room was right next to the RA, we got oh they never caught us selling alcohol. Like actually, funny thing is I got kicked out of Mole Tower again and banned. I'm I, I'm not sure if the ban's been lifted, but I'm pretty sure I was banned indefinitely. I, I I'm not 100 sure. Might have been until I graduated. Not entirely sure, but I was definitely banned from Mole Tower. And that was for bullshit reasons. We went to some room down on, I think, uh, the 15th floor, I want to say, uh, with Jenny, Kato, and them. And then we left early, but then they still claimed that we provided them alcohol and lied about it, even though, I mean, it was the whole nonsense. It felt like a, like a court hearing. Because I had to go to the fucking meet with the uh, the head of the dorm uh, and the resident advisor. And then Jenny had to be there. Kato had to be there. And we basically had to testify that and that I was literally not there. And we did not. We weren't there for more than 10 minutes. And left before they got busted. Even I think Jordan was with us. So even he testified. And they still banned me. I'm like, all right, whatever. Send me to North Campus. I don't fucking care. But anyways, back to uh, the beer pong championships I won. So, um, if I remember correctly, I always said I won five with Kato, but I do believe it was technically four, or possibly three, 
um, because one was by myself, technically, that I give him credit for, even though I shouldn't, because he was supposed to be my partner and he ditched me on my birthday when I turned 23. That was right after I broke up with Jenny in 2006. In 2006. Um, and then the one we won, four of us, even, I kind of credit more Mike with that one, Imperial Dynasty. Um, even though Lori and Kato were teammates too, they made us play groups of four, you know, teams of four and rotating at uh, University of Dayton. They had this tournament and we went and won it. Um, so technically, I believe three. And then I have one with Kevin, um, Mike's arch nemesis, former roommate and beer pong partner with uh, Osmo. Uh, one with Jordan Three with Mike The one by myself So that's nine And then the five with Joel uh, That's fourteen So The one with uh, The four of us That kind of overlaps So Kato Technically won that with me But also Mike Um, I believe that Kato And I won uh, The first two Keystone Cups Uh, One was when You know He passed out Before the final And I had to win by myself That was the night I teabagged him Uh, Another drunk story I'm sure I've mentioned before Uh, Actually my balls Did go in his mouth Just to clarify Because apparently Teabag you can put it on the forehead or in the mouth. It was in the mouth. Just just to clarify. Um, it's kind of hard to do drunk mix stories when I've already covered some of them. But, you know, we'll browse over them. The ones I may have already discussed. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that one. Uh, I believe Kato and I, we, we would call ourselves the champs. That was our team name. Uh, we won the first two Keystone Cups. The second one, I believe, was against Doug and his partner. Uh, Doug, who used to live with me on North Campus, and we played soccer together. Uh, he, I think, I believe they were called the Untouchables. I'm not even sure. But they tried stealing the Keystone Cup. And then I tracked his partner down and tackled him outside of Cato uh, and, and my old apartment uh, down on University Village. Another drunk fact, Mexi fact for you. Um, but I do believe Osimo successfully stole the Keystone Cup from us. Uh, that started a whole rivalry of beer pong between us and them. Kind of one-sided because we kept winning, but they did have some victories over us. Uh, and I believe that's the third tournament me and Kato won. It was uh, one of the tournaments Mike and Kevin hosted at Wright State University. Um... Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I believe Mike. Oh yeah, so Mike and I were called Team Dynasty. Uh, once I ditched Kato because he was sucking. Um, but then once we started winning tournaments, we upgraded to the Imperial Dynasty. Um, and uh, we actually, and to our credit. We are the only one of our te- or of any teams that we used to play with that won 
uh, well, March Madness too. So we used to, I used to host a bunch of tournaments. March Madness was the first one around, as you can guess from the name, March Madness. Um, I believe I won the first two March Madnesses, but uh, yeah, anyways. But March Madness 2, we had it at Joel's whole house, um, and we had 64 teams, legit, 64 teams entered. Unfortunately, we only had four tables, so it was a lot of waiting around, but uh, the Imperial Dynasty won that tournament. Uh, of course, some may say, well, make sure you had three teams, because I believe I had, um, I had, uh, Team Dynasty, the champs were in there, and then me and Jordan, uh, were in there too, um, but, uh, you know, having multiple teams doesn't guarantee that you're winning, because you're also getting drunker faster. So, it's more of a burden, but I played better when drunk. I was one of those players that, you know, if I was sober, I was terrible. But that giant-ass window, because I had a big tolerance of from the moment I got tipsy to the moment I got blackout drunk. That window, I was unstoppable. Uh, obviously, that window, you get there sooner if you're playing on multiple teams. Uh, March Madness 2... Um, Jordan still has a grudge because I did not uh, forfeit my shot. We would have won, but we lost in the semis, and then me and Mike beat the team that beat me and Jordan uh, to win our first tournament. And we had belts and everything, you know, it was, it was cool. Um, I also believe that uh, another tournament that we I always would host... I believe on my, the one on my birthday uh, became, you know, a tradition, and we would call that the Clutch Kobe Classic. And uh, I believe that's when me and Jordan won. Um, I can't really remember why me and Kevin won that one tournament we did. It was kind of like random, and we had, everybody was on a bunch of teams. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was an eight or ten team tournament. And somehow me and Kevin won because we somehow were partners on one random team. Fuck. The only person that ever won Kevin a title. This guy. Just saying. Uh, then. I can't remember exactly which ones I, I won with Joel. But I do remember. Um, one of them was the World, the World Cup of Beer Pong. Which I would host. You know. In the summer. That was like my. My kryptonite, like the one tournament that kept eluding me until I won it with Joel. Um, another drunk fun, fun story. The first time we actually had that tournament, I made out of wood a a beer pong table uh, with a logo of all the flags to symbolize the World Cup of beer pong, and every team had to represent a country. Um, I believe me and Cato. Uh, Um, I forget what country we were Mexico I want to say I'm not entirely sure But anyways uh, We were We lost We got eliminated uh, Against Team Germany Bastion Who was there doing his masters And his friend From Germany um, 
we lost to them. And uh, that was the first time, I believe, it, it was very close. And then it got down to, uh, they were up by a few cups and then they hit the last cup. And I had to hit, I believe, five straight rebuttals to keep the game going. But then Bastion on the flip side was hitting the last cup each time. And eventually I caved in. I couldn't hit, hit it again. And uh, we ended up losing. But funny thing is, I believe they didn't even win that tournament. It ended up being um, Jenny and Sarah, the rock from our soccer team, representing Team USA. They ended up winning... Um, the tournament funny funny enough um like I said the ones with Joel um I would say you know if you count the one solo one that I attribute to me and Kato and the one we won in, in Dayton technically me and him have five but it's too a questionable the one solo one shouldn't count. Kato has five titles because he ended up winning one with J- Jason, his Asian friend, uh, at one of Mike's older places. Um, but the ones with Joel were more significant, and at least in my opinion, because they were against harder competition. Because over time, you know, just like any other sport, like teams get better. Uh, our rivalry between me and Joel and uh, his friend Jason and Crutch, aka Chris, uh, you know, was legendary. They won a few tournaments too. Um, we, I believe one time we went and played um, at their, well, we would always go to play at Jason's house over in, in Black Lake. And we had, we had some, some memorable matches there. Um, Obviously, I've mentioned, I believe, before the night, I, well, the day and night that I drove drunk and parked my car sideways, ended up shitting and throwing up at the same time, and then couldn't even remember, and then my left my clothes that were covered in poop in my hamper and threw up all over the side of my car. So, I, I believe I've mentioned that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like I said, we're browsing through the ones I've already mentioned so yeah that was and I believe it was because we were playing with tequila eventually on that day we were doing a best of 7 series ended up playing with tequila and yeah that was a bad scenario um me and Joel would call ourselves team 3B best there is, best there was, best there will be uh good times aside from that other key drinking events that were significant um, There was a flip cup tournament that we uh, We won Also I believe At one, some point and you know To tie it back to why We're having this podcast to begin with With my uh, boat race Anchor abilities um, I was always able to be a good I was always a good chugger um, When I lived with Kato And I was dating Jenny One of her brother's friends Challenged me and because her brother came to visit with two friends and he was a big guy, not as big as Bigfooty, but he was big and he had apparently had never lost at chugging. And we went three cups in a row 
and tied each time. And it was insane because I couldn't go more. Uh, but that's when I had, we were timing myself. And I believe I had the fastest jog out of anybody I knew. It was three seconds and, and some change. But I, that day, um, I got down. I got it down to 294 against this dude. Uh, and then we basically call it a tie. Which, you know, I, you know, old habits die hard. And, uh, like, you know, if anything you learn well, like, it's like riding a bike. Um, but even though my tolerance is down, I can still chug. And this is why I'm the anchor of the Columbus Jackaroos. If it's uh, a boat race, hey, I'm your man. Like I said, we were down against Baltimore with a lesser team. And we were down by at least three seconds And I jugged in like one and a half, two seconds Nobody had seen that in years But hey, where does a Mexican is away But yeah, like I said, um, you know uh, That was another key moment of Mex Just being Mex and being able to perform With alcohol or, you know, drinking games uh, Flip Cup, I believe one time I... Uh, we were playing Flip Cup Survivor And it was 5 on 5 And it was down to me Versus 5 And I ended up beating them Drinking all 5 cups One by one Eliminating them And winning the whole thing I can't remember against who But I'm pretty sure I blacked out that night too um, Other key game events I remember playing Polly And uh, well not Polly from the Jack Who's Polly But uh, I had a good friend Paul uh, played soccer with uh, I would call him Polly for why um, him and Pedro our Brazilian uh, player on our soccer team that was here for a few years uh, we used to play this game cocaine which was basically um, you would line up straight lines of four and your teammate would be opposite you you're basically shooting into the cops. And if you make it, your partner has to chug the cup, flip it, and it's his turn. So you have to catch and pass back if he keeps missing it. This is an interesting game. It combines beer pong and uh, and uh, flip cup. And I believe one time I beat Polly and Pedro by myself. Like, running back and forth, hitting my own cups. And, I mean, I was good at the game because it helped... That I would always re-rack a straight line of four Playing beer pong Now Not that many people would do that I believe me and Kato Well, okay, so let's back up The champs key moments Aside from the three tournaments that we won We always had We always knew how to get ourselves Out of tough situations Our key signature moves were The Def Cup Now, the rule of the Def Cup is when you Two with the two players hit it in the same cup, and it wasn't like, oh, one shoots and the one bounces it and it goes in, or you know somebody forgets to, you you know to grab it fast, and you're like one shoots and then the other one shoots at a at a delay, or you know somebody grabs the cup and but they don't put their hand over it and one shoots it and hits it as they're about to drink it. No, we would just shoot. Bam, bam, one after the other. And it would go into the same cup. And that got us out of a lot of sticky situations. I believe um, 
we beat uh, my brother Enrique's friend's team one time uh, doing that technique because they weren't paying attention. We, uh, I believe we beat Lori and Emily uh, down by seven cups with that. Yeah, it got us out of a lot of sticky situations. And, uh, you know, when I was struggling, that would that would be our go-to. Another thing that we kind of did, we, we started off our beer pong career 50, 50, 50 or 50 so straight wins. Not over one night or a weekend, but like over time. Like it was a good two, three months, uh, I believe our my sophomore year, that we went to parties or played at our apartment against other people and just kept winning. Eventually, I forget who we lost against, uh, but yeah. And I want to say the first two tournaments we won were included in that. Not 100% sure. I'd have to verify with Cato, but I'm pretty sure, you know, that was the scenario. Um, another thing that um, I would say I made popular because I'm pretty sure I double-checked with, with Horns and Small when I was learning beer pong. If this was allowed um, Basically re-racking Like I would always re-rack a straight line So we're playing six versus six Six cups Re-rack a straight line of three That's it But then when we play ten I'm pretty sure I, I double checked with them Because my popular thing to do Was do a straight line of four And there was a few times when I started doing it That people would be like Well no you can't do that I'm like why not There's four levels of cups why would I not be able to do a straight line of four? It's not going past where the cups initially were. So, and then with, when Kato and I started playing, that was our go-to re-rack. For years, that was, I mean, that's always my go-to re-rack. So, uh, yeah, I made it popular. And uh, we, uh, you know, it made, it made playing cocaine a lot easier because I was used to a straight line of four. And then, and then even the uh, There's a version of baseball With cups And kind of like beer pong Where you play innings and stuff And it's lined up in a straight line I'm like okay well That's that's a cakewalk too Any game that involves a straight line And a ping pong ball I'm golden Same thing with ultimate beer pong Where you stack the cups That was fun Never actually won a tournament that way But we always joked that we would make it to the World Series of beer pong in Vegas But never actually did I'm not sure if that even is even a thing still. I'm sure it is. But we didn't we didn't like the rules because they make you re-rack a couple times and, and it's always in a triangle. So it's kinda like you know it just makes the games go faster and also the re-rack rule you have to hit every single your partners basically have to hit. Like you and your partner have to hit every single cup in order to make it go keep going to sudden death. So even if they basically just hit the cups and and instead of each one of you and there's different versions of the rules, obviously, beer pong. Um, instead of one rebuttal or like you have to make a rebuttal and your teammate and your partner has to make a rebuttal, oh no, you have to make every cup left between the two of you. And that was just ridiculous. Um, but hey, you know, you grow out of that and you move on, grow up and in the past I am now terrible at beer pong I actually had beer pong tables That I purchased myself Because the sanction size Was 7 feet And then it moved up to 8 I remember that So I had 2 tables Of each But then I can't remember What happened to them I don't know where they are I believe One Stephanie kept 
um, one of our friends, Stephanie, and the other one, I don't know what happened to it. I think it broke. I'm not entirely sure, but hey, I'll have to get back with you guys on that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's take from uh, the suggestion box and what other people remember from my Mexi drunk stories. Uh, oh yeah, my 21st birthday uh, when I did 21 shots in the course of the day, and I ended up dry humping a mailbox. That was fun. I believe uh, we were at four. Well, what was old, what was known as four kegs back then. Uh, I forget what it's called now. Uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, Kato was there. Uh, Jenny was there and one of her friends. Oh, this, uh, straight from, uh, Kato. Uh, when I people's elbowed Jason when he was drunk at Lori and Emily's apartment. Ah, uh, yes. His Asian friend Jason was drunk and, you know, I just decided to give him people's elbow. I like wrestling. I know how to do moves. I'm sorry. Okay. It happens. Um, BB Aaron recalls, let's see here. The night me and, you know, company tackled you to the ground to make sure you didn't drive home drunk and we got your keys. But you still ended up driving home drunk with your spare key and drove home anyways. And that led to your DUI in Upper Arlington where I apparently kicked the police door out as I was leaving the station. I vaguely remember that. I'm not sure if those were both the same night. But hey, um, we, uh, maybe, it could very well be, um, so, but the, um, I do remember that. I believe the spare key was in my glove compartment or in the little middle section of, you know, where you keep your, your random stuff in the middle between the driver's seat and the passenger seat. I believe it was there. So even though they took my key, I still had the spare and ended up driving home. Um, but that DUI, okay, so that's my one and only DUI. Um, it was obviously... Going through Upper Arlington was a mistake because they try and catch you. And I believe I accidentally did not stop at a stop sign and I was followed. And that's how they got me. But then Stephanie, Aaron, and Paul came and picked me up from the station and they let me go home. And I uh, crashed at Polly's. Did not remember anything. Um, 2011, when I gave Polly a hickey, yes. Again, you cannot dare drunk Mex to do anything. Because it will be done. It will be done. That is a mistake. Case in point, recently, when we did the boat race against Chicago, when they came and played, um, Jeannie was buying shots, buying us shots if she wanted me to kiss Evan and then kiss a dude. And I'm like, hey, I'm a firm believer that everybody's got a price. And I believe she ended up buying me, Ramo, and Footy shots if we kissed all three at the same time, a triple kiss. And guess what? Whereas Mexican, there's a way. There's video, there's pictures. I'm not ashamed. Where there's a shame organ, I don't have it. I have an extra organ of awesomeness. True story. Because it takes a lot to offend me. It takes a lot to piss me off. And I have no shame. Shameless. Hashtag shameless. Yeah, no. And technically, I did kiss Darius. Genie, if you're listening. Because 
You didn't specify where. I guess. And I didn't get a shot. She technically stole me a shot. But anyways, to my point. Don't dare drunk Max you do stuff. Um, giving guys a guy a hickey because he said, oh, I, I'm terrible at giving hickeys. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, chugging, a chugging contest with Lori, Mike's wife, back in the day with a funnel. And... Yeah, I don't remember that at all, but I'm pretty sure I won that. Um, again, up until the Jackaroos, I'm pretty sure I was undefeated at chugging. And to bring it all back, let me let me you know let's bring it all full circle. Let me uh, kind of talk about how I was selected to be the boat uh, the boat race anchor on the Columbus Jackaroos. So I remember the first time they were doing a boat race, my first season, and I'm like, oh, what's that? It's a boat race. And Footy did not believe me that I could chug. So I chugged one. He goes, oh, that's actually not bad. But then season two, we were at that old Irish bar uh, down by Sycamore, German village. I forget what it's called. And uh, we did a boat race or... Somebody saw me chug And Justin walked by And He was like Oh that's faster than Bigfooty And Bigfooty took offense So Make sure I challenge you to a chug I'm like Uh No That's a bad idea Because I know Bigfooty can chug Um So we He bought beers We basically went one on one And we tied And everybody's like Holy shit they tied And then Bigfooty would not take no for an answer We went again And when we went again um, He barely beat me Obviously uh, Months later or years later Chet put up the video Or sent us the video and actually showed that In fact um, The first time Footy actually won by a, by a, a Fraction of a hair And um, Yeah so, and that's how I ended up being part of the boat race team. And then I always ended up being the anchor because Footy gave us the lead. And then Chad and Clyde wanted to partake. Uh, and our fourth was pretty pretty because he had no gag reflex. But then now that he's gone, it's it's Ariel. But if she's not there, that's up for grabs. It's a wild card scenario. So, uh, but yeah, so that's how I got to boat race, boat racing. Uh, again, that's just you know five beers lined up, uh, one chugs after the other, and uh, I believe uh, the one we just won against Chicago that might be my last boat race of the year until nationals uh, because probably not going to be there for Cincinnati. Um, and I am probably not going to go to Chicago or not be there for the social in Chicago against Chicago. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was, those were my last two boat races, and they were pretty epic. So, that's that. Uh, well, anyways, I believe that is all we have. Um, I can't remember any other drunk stories, but that uh, those are the, the main ones I remember. Uh, we browsed through the ones that I already talked about, obviously. We won't want to repeat ourselves. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, check us out on iTunes, Mexi Mind Matters. SoundCloud, channel Supermex, YouTube Supermex, Snapchat Supermex, on Twitter at SuperAssholeMex, where the episodes are all linked. 
uh, on Facebook, Alex Ferrari, aka The Mexican. And if you have any questions, hit me up. Um, but yeah, if you remember any stories I may have forgotten, let me know. Definitely let me know. And we'll maybe do a Drunk Mech Stories too. We'll see. Okay? But anyways, until next time, hope you enjoyed it. Everybody, peace out.